You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about orchestral maneuvers in the dark, uh, architecture, and morality. On the line, I have Rob. Hey, what's up? Ben. Hello. John. Hi. And Jackson. Hey. Architect and Morality is the third studio album by the English electronic music band Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, or OMD, released on the 6th of November, 1981, on Dindisc, and the producer was... Uh, OMD, Mike Howlett, and Richard Manwarning. And the genre is synth pop. I'm going to read from the book, John Duran. Detractors of English synth pop scene of the early 80s are quick to decry the music as soulless or lacking in warmth. But in the early part of their career, OMD made pure and yearning pop music with experimental techniques. It is no coincidence that all of the tracks on architecture and morality are nearly exactly three and a half minutes long. In fact, She's Leaving is a knowing nod to the duo's fellow Liverpoolians, the Beatles. Andrew McCluskey and Paul Humphreys had been signed briefly to the nascent factory imprint where they met fade designer Peter Seville, who created this austere artwork that still stands up as one of the most iconic of the era. In a stroke of arrogant conceptual genius, they both wrote... Two separate peons to the most famous of French Catholic martyrs. Both were called Joan of Arc and both were released within months of each other as singles. It was only due to bosses at Virgin panicking that the second single was differentiated by having the moniker Made of Orleans added in brackets. The group would have to wait another half decade to hit the big in the States when they benefited greatly from the uh, patronage of teen flick director John Hughes, but architecture and morality remains not only their best album, but one of the greatest synth pop albums ever released. All right. What do we think of orchestral maneuvers in the dark architecture That's and morality? Soup, man. This was a surprise joy to listen to this week. Yeah. I, 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 re- love it. I really dug this album a lot. Absolutely beautiful. And Man, when I the, on my first listen, like with a few songs in, I was thinking about like all the all the kids that are making like you know bedroom dream pop these days. I'm like, oh man, I wonder if they listen to like this OMD album because so many of like these like warm washes and sounds are they, they they're back, baby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent I, point, Ben. I was yeah. blown away with you're, you're talking about these warm washes and everything. 
and obviously, you know, it's the way they get that is the tape slowing down or speeding up of uh, choirs, you know, religious choirs singing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, the Mellotron. Yeah, and Mellotron. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some w- was just the tape loops of choirs singing that they manipulated to sound a certain way. And I had no idea that's that's where I'm so stupid. That's obvious where choir button on the synthesizers, you know, get that from <laughs> is, is this well, album in and spe- craft work. Yeah, craft work uh, speeding up choirs. You know, that's 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 the name for it, because that's what uh, that's how they got the sound. Yeah, totally. I wanted to. Uh, Unfortunately, jump back to Heaven Seventeen from uh, a billion years ago, and 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 podcaster world. But that review that you read for them, where they said it was like the logical extension of what Kraftwerk was doing, yeah, which it absolutely wasn't. This, however, this music is the logical next step to what Kraftwerk was doing. Oh, this man. is the logical next step yeah. to what. This is what comes after, like, side two of Low and Heroes. Like, this is the, th- this is it. This is, mm-hmm. th- this is that next step. And it's fucking beautiful. I never thought of it like that. That's, I might cry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they had arguments, too. You're talking about those uh, early, you know, what we'd call kraut rock bands, like uh, Kraftwerk and Can. And they used to have arguments with uh, Virgin all the time because Virgin would say, will you make up your minds whether you want to be Can or ABBA? And they they were like, we like, want to no, be both. No, both. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Man, the track that's in our brain holes right now, uh, Souvenir. Beautiful. It's, this just sounds like the drives down track. Like the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that vaporwave stuff. Vaporwave. Yeah, synthwave. Yeah, but this track, "Souvenir," is the one I think that you can most distinctly hear the 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 choral like track that's mm-hmm. being stretched in the background, just kind of laying a, like a you know, just like around the sound. And Paul totally. Humphreys has a beautiful lady voice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I tried to. I was looking up who sang this, and then it the said he did, and I thought, no, that's not right. There has to be somebody else. Nope. Well, he doesn't sing lead on on many songs for OMD that got popular. Uh, this one and then a few later on in like the mid to late eighties, but he didn't take lead on many songs. But he he does a great job on Souvenir. It's mm-hmm. it's very nice. Absolutely, it's his track. Like he 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 wrote the whole dang thing. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I was I was so surprised by this record. I was I, so pleasantly surprised. I knew that. I I knew that I knew the name Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. I knew that I knew him from something. I couldn't remember what I knew him from until like my maybe second listen through the album because I didn't Google it. It was some line that they that some delivery of some line made it all fall into place. I'm like, oh, I touch you once, I touch you twice. Okay, finally, that's Those that's guys. what's been tickling my my brain this whole week, you know? Because because when you sort of hear that like mixture of optimism and sadness in their tone you're like oh this is a fucking john hughes movie like (laughs) (laughs) but they also have pretty pretty pink soundtrack yeah that's that's the i i I touch you once i touch you twice is on pretty and pink (laughs) i forget what the name of the actual song is if you leave if you leave there you go (laughs) but they also do have more sort of experimental sound songs like their their sealand which is like a nod to noise sealand 
is is kind of just it's purely uh, instrumental, and uh, I really liked it. Um, it did feel sort of you know spare. I think these guys are from, and I'm gonna butcher the name, I'm sure, but like the Wirral Peninsula. Uh, it's just like this, I thought they were from Liverpool. Yeah, but the part of it that juts out into the ocean. Oh, okay. Yeah, the 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 peninsula part where it's just kind of spare seaside. Yeah, it it's you know it did seem like it's a sad. <laughs> this music just really reminded me of uh, that boardwalk when it's cold out or something like that. Mm-hmm. It really evoked a, a a lot of what I was reading about their yeah their uh, hometown. sounds fresh to me it sounds very fresh totally and they like they absolutely kind of pioneered this very particularly programmed and sequenced you know like rhythm and synthesizers and stuff um it could absolutely be have been made like today yeah Mm -hmm. Like no one would know the difference if you were like, "This is my new album. I just made it in like my home studio." People would be like, I f- "Cool." I feel like souvenir could be like a SoundCloud hit that mm. like some some like nineteen year old tells me I should know. <laughs> and you know? <laughs> that's probably happening right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, McCluskey in twenty ten did a opinion that uh you know OMD had become the forgotten band, like one of the most forgotten bands due to their lack of memorable sort of imagery in comparison to the other 80s acts you know they don't have this they didn't have it really yeah they didn't have this and they wanted it that way uh i had read that you know they intentionally wanted to be low-key about everything they didn't want to you know present themselves on the covers and you know the cure has a certain style and you know devo has a certain you know very big style all these different bands at the time have these styles and i feel i do feel like they're maybe forgotten because they didn't latch on to or or take a symbol or or a a certain style it's just both both visually and marketing like they they could have taken she's leaving and made it the fourth single but they didn't want to exploit the album more than they already had as like She's leaving is probably my favorite song on the album. Practically, like it's a, it's a battle between that and souvenir, and well, even uh, more so than that, man. Like this album did really well, yeah. And they intentionally made their next record, "Dazzling Ships," to not have anything that could be considered like a pop sensible hit. They tanked themselves on purpose <laughs> because they didn't want it. Like the, the album cover is literally camouflage. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, like they 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 made a they made a conscious choice not to be a giant like pop star band like after the success of this record. So don't feel too bad for until John Hughes came a knocking. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. A couple years, a couple few years later, for sure. Yeah. And, and to be to be fair, though, also like this album does have like, I mean, you know, there are songs that are like mostly ambient. There, there are a couple that are based in like you know ambience. Um, there's the really confusing Joan of Arc arc. <laughs> Um, which the second part of that is like, what a, I am obsessed with that song. Me too. I, the Made I, of Orleans part or the first yeah, the second, yeah, the second Joan of Arc arc. <laughs> yeah, which I play on party pants all the time. And I mean, some of these tracks are kind of out there, really. And I mean, you get you you do get the sense that they were always they always had one foot away from like trying to get pegged as you know you know, pop stars. Mm-hmm. No one knows what they look like. You can Google them. You can Google them. But like, but like what Birch was saying before, like they, they don't have, they don't really have an image. They have these like stark album covers and stuff. You know, they don't really have a, they don't really yeah, have this an album, image. This album cover, like very in- intentionally from a design standpoint, kind of looks like a textbook cover. <laughs> you know, like totally. It's architecture. Very, it's Bauhaus. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Yeah, I, I love the design. I think that's another. Um, oh, what's his name? The the, the guy who did the. Uh, it's Peter Seville. Yeah, Peter, Peter Seville. Seville. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I did not realize that I was a fan of uh, graphic artist Peter Seville, but uh, covering the last few years of music from from the UK on this podcast, I his name keeps on coming up, and it's always awesome. very striking album covers. I mean, like unknown pleasures. Come on. I mean, about, talk about that's striking. just the coolest, yeah. Yeah. He is a cool dude. <laughs> I like his I hope work. He, yeah. It will continue to come up. How, how do you guys feel about the, the sequencing on this album? I think it's careful, and it's it's well done. Uh, it's, it's careful, it's pristine, ju- it's not, I'm not saying that, like, soft sell is sloppy, but, like, this whole this record is kind of the whole opposite side of the same thing as... Ending tra- ending side one was Sea Land and starting up with Joan of Arc on side two was perfect sequencing. Yeah, in the beginning and the end as the closer track. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah, I think that the beginning and the end is like their biggest. I don't know if you want to call it like a soundscape, but it's this grand finish to the album. Yeah. I think that's super smart. Yeah. Oh no, Ben, there's that out of t- out of time eighth notes that you don't like so much <laughs> from the uh, Neubotten. Do you like it, Rob? Do you like hearing? I love it. I love you like it. that in your ear hole. Just someone banging on a steel pan. <laughs> yeah, and I think much what it sounds like. They're careful too. I mean, they put sealant at the end of the 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 side, um, and that's the you know a longer song. I think that what what makes them very alluring too is you know they have three and a half minute songs. It's not it doesn't drone on. Sealand um, uh, is an experimentation. Obviously, it has a couple different parts in it um, that has that ambient sound. But, you know, for the most part, they do, they do wrap it up. They're not just out there on the edges, you know, playing with these different things. They have concise songs really helps. Yeah, Totally. I don't think that there's anything that they do that they didn't plan out. Like pretty, they're a very precise group as far as what they yeah. end up putting on their albums. Yeah. It really does seem like they're, they're the type of artists um, from all the reading this week um, that they, they, consistently have the ideas and then they execute on those ideas 
sort of like a like a you know Brian Eno or or another artist that would you know conceptualize these things and then go for it. I was yeah. it was cool to hear that they were inspired by religious music, uh, and sort of um, they 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 were the people that were you know rejecting the guitar machoism of the eighties and just going for synth. Um, I think they said that synthesizers are the ideal punk instrument because they thought they really thought that, you know, reject the old ways um, like a lot of those other like craft work, you know, reject those things that are commonly seen as, you know, the outliers of music and, and go in this direction. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah, I, I feel like for a minute they kind of were, especially in UK and Europe, I, I think. Yeah. They said I they didn't... were... They also said they were really disappointed in the '90s when Britpop, Britpop, uh, came back, and they were like, "You could have gone anywhere, and you went back to uh, 1960s guitar pop." <laughs> they were just like angry about it. That's hilarious. Well, I mean, they're like, they're like "Try to um, get you into for the, the record. '60s guitar pop is awesome. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it yeah, invaded the that. United States <laughs> twice, twice." <laughs> <laughs> yeah they did intentionally instead of laying down courses just like okay well there would be a course here but instead we'll do a synth line you know that's they were, they were trying to push you know what is song structure and I, I appreciate that as long as you give me something good to listen to i don't really care how you put your song together <laughs> yeah producer johnny jewel I'm, I'm listening to joan of arc right now johnny jewel this is this is your life you literally just <laughs> took from omd and uh, produced the drive soundtrack and <laughs> desire and college and all those other bands. I mean, literally. Yeah, absolutely. No. <laughs> Human being. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool though. It is interesting. Really cool. I'm going to look for it. They're laying down like a really obscure song about Joan of Arc, but then you've got the like clap, clap, clap. You know, like it still has the dance two step laid right into like these esoteric lyrics. Yeah. It's just, it's a nice mix. Yeah. This also sounds really fantastic on headphones. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This week was a delight to listen to. Fucking love it. Yeah, I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, how do you guys feel about his uh, sort of singing? It's very Robert Smith, but... A very Robert Smith. Yeah. Or should I say, I mean, maybe Robert Smith is... Very contemporaries. OMD. Yeah, yeah. But I found it interesting that it fe- it had a, a very similar uh, feeling and style. Although I would say that he he hits those upper registers a bit more uh, than Robert Smith seems to uh, maybe have more deadpan delivery. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some emotion into his delivery. Like, I mean, whether it's the, who's the guy who normally does the lead vocals, Birch? 
McCluskey. McCluskey, Andy. yeah. Whether it's McCluskey or Humphrey, they're they're singing with emotion. Big time. I I think that's yeah. definitely part of their sound. Yeah. It's just interesting. I mean, if somebody put this on and was like, oh yeah, Robert Smith has had this band, you know, before the <laughs> cure or something, I'd be like, oh, cool. But they, they just rebanded and released this album last year. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, cool, cool. <laughs> you know? Did they do the drive soundtrack? Yeah. <laughs> they recorded it in their bedroom in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking cool. Cool. And we like it. Yeah, we uh, do. McCluskey was in some other bands. Was he in McCluskey? Um, no, he was, he was not, not in the, the awesome band McCluskey. Um, but he was in another band that uh, that we that has another member that we talked about recently. The teardrop explodes. Uh, Andy McCluskey and uh, uh, the lead singer for Teardrop Explodes was in uh, Data Lake. I love you. A reference oh. to the Doctor Who. No oh, yeah. Oh, Dalek, yeah. Oh, sorry, Dalek. 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 Dalek, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Dalek, I love you had a... Uh, that's uh, Julian David, Cope David Ball and, in it, right? And, wait, David Ball was in it too? Yeah, I think. So you've Wasn't got it? Soft wow. Cell, OMD, and Teardrop Explodes all in that band? Holy moly. And then probably some of them were also in the Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Wait, is that actually another band? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of amazing a, band names uh when I was a lot was of Doctor Who up. references yeah. <laughs> Man, this second Joan of Arc, holy shit. This is my jam, this dude. Fucking just kills me. It's so beautiful. So good. Did you read about his Sorry for interrupting other uh band? Well, he was in Pegasus, uh, but he was also later in a short lived uh band called Hitler's Underpants with two Z's. <laughs> Oh. But these were bands before OMD, right? <laughs> you know, you got to go through your <laughs> that sounds like underpants a, band. A Robin Guthrie joint. Yeah. Like like Hitler's underpants? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this song is just so gorgeous. Do we get more OMD? I mean, because I, I don't know if there's another album of OMD that... I don't think we do. Yeah, I don't believe so. You've got, no, I would you've, doubt got, it. you've got singles that come out later, but not full albums that are going to be like, oh, do you want to know what OMD sounds like? They sound like this. <laughs> you know? I would doubt it. No, I think this is an excellent album to to give as an example for OMD. Yeah. Yeah. This this track makes really good use of uh, the Mellotron. That's what the that mm-hmm. string sound is, is the... Uh, fucking violin mellotron sound yeah so So good we talked about it before but like let me make sure i'm right a mellotron is a keyboard but the sounds are produced by analog tapes that are spinning and being uh, manipulated Mm -hmm. right correct yeah yeah uh beatles used it on sergeant peppers Mm -hmm. it's a way you could get an orchestra sound without hiring an orchestra but tape loops being tape loops you get unintentionally from the people that designed the Mellotron, some really cool warble and, and stuff in there to make it sound almost otherworldly, which is cooler than it sounding like an orchestra, in my opinion. Yeah. Has that slight distortion. It's, it's slightly off. You can't quite. Yeah. And flutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Flutter. I'm definitely going to want to buy this album. I really like it. And I want to listen to it more. It's got a nice distinct cover you can find in the record shop when you're flipping through. Yeah. You'd be able to find that one, uh, which I appreciate yeah. when you're like, okay, I, when you love an album and you're like, Oh, I want to get this. How can I burn this into my mind's eye? Oh 
yeah, this is this is very clear. Just a nice clean Bauhaus design. You know, Perfect. like your Chemex. Yeah, like what 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 would you call that cover, color like on the cover like tan like ish? <laughs> it's got it's kind of a lightish like brown <laughs> corn flour. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, mm. it's like yeah, it's it's it, I I love how just immediately semi-industrial that cover looks. It looks like it was just mass yeah. produced. It 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 does look like yeah, like like a communist era Russian textbook. Yep. Yes. <laughs> about like about how Korean, to, yeah. how to build a stairway. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing I don't need to go around. Everybody's on the positive. Big time, hundred percent for right. sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, I, I will say this: um, the best quote that I have about this uh, this record is uh, from from Alan Partridge, who says this album features some classic electro rock. <laughs> cool bro cool dude thanks Stephen Coogan <laughs> uh, alright next time we'll be talking about Brian Eno and David Byrne my life in the bush of ghosts alright thanks y'all Woo!